0: Hi, welcome to Sports Nothing But Sports. It's Wednesday, October 9th, 2019. We're at Pacers Practice, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Give them a call, 317-849-2933. From Pacers.com, the great Mark Monteith joins us. When we watch these practices, what what do you see when you watch one of these practices? Uh, I guess I look for individual efforts in a thing like this. Um,
2: in This particular team... Uh, You do want to see if Turner and Sabonis are playing well together, which I thought they did in India. But I guess I look mainly at the unproven guys, the guys we don't know yet, to see if anybody jumps out. You know, does Brian Bowen uh, look like a potential NBA player? Um, Some of the guys in that realm, you know, and see if they look like they have the potential to play in the league someday uh, I'm curious about a guy like Justin Holiday, who we haven't seen a lot who just hits a three-pointer as we're talking uh, so you know we kind of know who Miles Turner is and these other guys but the unproven guys are the ones I kind of look at the most
0: and it's kind of interesting to see how these guys are going to fit together and we saw a little bit of that in India and can we take that too seriously I mean there's a, there was a nice overtime win in the first one and then the second game they ran away with it And looked like they – I mean, I look at it and I see guys who are playing really well together who've never played together. Are are we blowing that out of proportion? Yeah, I don't think so.
2: I think because it's a new team, uh, for them to go out and score 132 and then 130 points – Means something now that second game the starters only played 19 minutes so that was a game for the bench but it could mean something about the kings it, it could yeah absolutely i think um no i thought they were encouraging you know if the patients had lost those games i don't think we'd be saying oh they're they got nothing they're they're doomed uh, so you can't get too excited about wins but you know sacramento is an average team they won 39 games last year they're not terrible For a team that hasn't played together with essentially four new starters to go out and be able to score like they did, I thought meant something. You know, to me, the biggest question about this team is chemistry, because I think the talent is better than last year. So it comes down to chemistry at both ends of the court. And I thought they showed good chemistry, not so much defense early, but they got better. Uh, But offensively, the ball moved really well. I saw unselfishness. And I thought that was the thing that stood out the most. So I think they deserve credit for that.
0: You know, as we talk to Nate McMillan every day after practice and have spoken to him throughout the offseason, it seems like this team is sort of built for him to coach, that this is a really good Nate McMillan team. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I think people have been complaining, you know, since Nate became the coach about the pace of play. And that's obviously linked to rebounding. They were, they've always been like the 23rd, 24th best rebounding team in the league since Nate's been the coach and obviously if you're not rebounding well you're not getting missed shots and getting out and running for transition points so that's going to be the key you know it's hard to get a fast break or an easy basket if you're taking the ball out of the net so while uh, they rebound but they should rebounder with Sabonis being in the lineup as much as he'll be there Uh, At the same time, they need to run a better half-court offense. That's something I've been critical of in the past. Their half-court offense just did not flow like other teams. And again, in India, it was pretty good. You know, the ball moved really well. So those are the keys. You know, when people thought that Nate wanted to play a slow pace because that's how he played out in Seattle and Portland, I've never believed that, but he's never really had the personnel to do it. So this team
0: seems capable. We'll find out once and for all if he's going to play that pace. Well, I'm certain that uh, analytics back this up, that the quicker you play, the easier the shot you're going to get. The longer a possession lasts, the more the defense can set and and kind of manipulate offense. And so everybody wants to play fast, but the defense wants you to play slow, so it's kind of a battle of will, isn't it? Right, right. you got to... Play defense to play a fast paced game. And, you
2: know, you go back to some of those like uh, Westhead teams, you know, where they scored 170 points or whatever. Well, they were just trying to outscore teams. They didn't play defense, but that is not a long range uh, approach that's going to work. So you've got to be a good defensive team. And the Pacers obviously have been, but they weren't a good enough rebounding team to take advantage of their defense. And now, again, with Turner Sabonis. Uh, And even the guards, you know, they'll be a better rebounding team, I think. So that should allow them to get out and run. 24 seconds is not very long. And if you're taking six or seven seconds to get the ball across half court off of a made shot, you know, you don't have much time to get a decent shot if you're not really cutting hard on the half court. So, uh, again, it's all about getting uh, stops and getting rebounds and then running. Uh, but you still got to play defense.
0: You know, we like to talk about the culture of this team and how Kevin's kind of put the team together, maybe reinventing the game a little bit, trying to figure out how to, how to win big with good talent. And a lot of teams, they have great talent, but they don't win big. This team kind of trying to do the opposite. But as I'm watching this team physically and watched them in India, boy, are they long. Like they go after length, don't they? And that's important. I mean, that
2: that, uh, means you're getting deflections on defense. It means you're altering somebody's shot around the basket, maybe forcing a miss, even if you don't block it. Uh, It allows you to do a lot of things as long as you have decent quickness to go with it. You don't want to be a long, slow team. It'd be better to be a short, quick team. (laughs) But if you have NBA quickness, which I think this group does, and length, It makes a difference. I mean, compare, you know, Brogdon is 6'5", whereas uh, Darren Collison was, what, 6'1", really, something like that. Um, You know, they're going to be bigger across the front line. So that means something. You know, length is important. So this team is definitely longer. And it's certainly no slower on the hole than it was last year. I mean, I, I mean, Collison had sprinter bloodline, so maybe running up and down the court, he's faster than Brogdon. But I think in the half court or just in a basketball sense, Brogdon's is going to be as quick as Collison was and able to get to the basket. I think the bench is more athletic, quicker. So
0: I think they've got a pretty good combination of quickness to go with their length. And you look at a guy like Jeremy Lamb, I mean, I, I paid attention, I think, because Chris and Quinn uh, drew my attention to it. But my God, are his arms long and he can score the basketball with Vic on the on the bench early in the season. Jeremy Lamb's going to be really important on both ends.
2: Yeah, he was. He had a few impressive left handed layups in yeah. traffic, you know, a few of them. And uh, he's an interesting guy because he's gotten better every year. He probably came out too early, but he averaged 15 points a game last year. And yeah, he did it for a, a poor team, but still, he just looks like a player. And to have a guy with that ability—he you know, scored 20 points in the first game in India—who knows he's going to go back to the bench eventually and is okay with that. That's a great asset. You know, to have a guy who can start for you and win, but is perfectly fine coming off the bench. You
0: know, that's a pretty rare commodity in the league, I think, and he's going to be that guy. It's going to be interesting to see, and we're a ways away, as we saw yesterday with Vic kind of moving around. does not look like he's ready to resume game activities, um, although it's hard to draw any kind of conclusion from what we saw, but just kind of like jogging and stuff. He's going to have to figure out how he fits into this team after this team has already kind of figured out how they fit together. That's maybe the biggest challenge of the season, because you know, uh, t- the early
2: impression is that the chemistry among the guys they have right now is going to be good. They'll figure it out defensively. They'll move the ball offensively. But what happens when Oladipo comes back? Because he's a guy who likes being the star. He wants shots. Uh, and with this team, you can't have him taking 25, 30 shots in the game for them to win. You know, I go back to the stat a lot. But two seasons ago, when he took 15 or fewer shots, they were 21 and three. Last year, they were on that same pace. Uh, you know, before he got hurt. So. They are clearly better when he's not dominating the offense. He's got to find a way to fit in, and that's on him, really. Uh, I think Brogdon's going to be great for Vic and kind of cater to him. He's going to have to be the Vic whisperer, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Brogdon, you know, you saw in that second game he didn't score, and I don't think he minds that. Brogdon's going to be the guy who will make sacrifices on offense, and he'll be, like you say, a Vic whisperer. But Vic's got to make some adjustments. And I thought, you know, last year when he was out the first time, They kept winning, you know, and we kind of realized this team's got great balance. They could, you know, be good without him. When he came back, he did try to adjust, try to scale back his offense, but I thought he struggled with that. I thought his ego, you know, struggled with not being the obvious star of the team. So with this group, he's going to have to take that approach again. He can't be thinking that, yeah, I can go out and get 25, 30 every every night that I want to. You know, he's got to blend with this team rather than making the other four guys uh, uh, figure out a way how to play with him so that'll be interesting and not when, whenever he comes back there's going to be an adjustment to be made and that could be as big a key to the season as anything.
0: Is there anything on Friday night against the Bulls here at Bankers Life Fieldhouse that you're going to be watching for or are you going to just sit and let the game wash over you? Yeah probably the game
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm looking forward to it but uh, it's hard to know you know uh, yeah, I'm convinced now that their chemistry is going to be okay from what we've seen in practice and what we saw in India. And, you know, their defense needs to get better. Uh, To me, the most interesting thing maybe right now is who's going to be in that rotation because they've got outstanding depth and there's guys who look like they belong in an NBA rotation who aren't going to be. You know, is McConnell going to play? Most games. Uh, Edmund Sumner. What happens to him? Uh, Jakar Sampson's an intriguing guy to me. Is he going to get any minutes? So Holiday. Uh, yeah, Aaron and Justin. You know so. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be one of those good problems for Nate to deal with. They asked him about it yesterday. He said those things usually work themselves out. And there will be injuries where they'll be really happy they have the depth they have. But still, there's going to be some difficult decisions to make in these preseason games. uh, I think will be telling about those guys fighting for a spot in the rotation. That's
0: a great dodge answer, though, right? These things, they just work them. Yeah. So even if he's got a plan, <laughs> he ain't got to tell us.
2: Yeah, he, and I'm sure he doesn't know right now who's going to be in the rotation, who's going to get left out. But somebody's going to be. You know, he's always preferred a nine-man rotation. Last year, he talked about a nine-and-a-half-man rotation with Leaf being the half. But, you know, we saw how their bench played in India, and that was without uh, Leaf, without Goga Batadze, and without Oladipo being out there and bumping uh, Jeremy Lamb to the second unit. So, when they have everybody, there's going to be some tough decisions to
0: make. But, it, you know, as long as they can accept not playing certain nights, it'll be a good thing for the team. Let's talk about Batadze for a second because yesterday, watching him shoot, he's standing there with the ball now and not running yet, and he's not going to play Friday. But what a smooth stroke. Holy crap, does he look like a guy who can shoot it. He does. You know, compare him to Miles Turner when Miles came
2: into the league. You know, Batazzi has a better three-point shot. Uh, he's a more physical player than Miles was then. Not necessarily a bigger body. Miles had an NBA body from the very beginning, but so does Goga. And, you know, Goga, he's a guy, he grew up in a war-torn country. You know, his country was under invasion when he was a nine-year-old kid, you know. so He he was homeless for a while. Yeah, I mean, he's accustomed to tough times, so you know he's tough-minded. Uh, you could just watch him on YouTube. He plays physically, and he's developing a perimeter shooting touch uh, he could put the ball on the floor. I mean, he's a complete player. It's just that he's got to play more. He's 20 years old now. He needs experience. I don't think he's played a game on American soil yet, soil yet has he? Because he didn't play in summer league, and so he hadn't played yet preseason. Hopefully he plays in the last one. But he's full of intrigue. I think he's going
0: to be good. I think he's going to be able to contribute off the bench right away, but we haven't seen it in person yet. What's the deal with Sabonis? He can sign an extension until what date? Is it the opening of the regular season? Uh, the end of October. The end of October. That's going to be an interesting decision. Obviously, it hadn't been made, or the ink had already been in the contract. Yeah, I'm sure there's negotiations.
2: I, th- I think they will sign him. My No one's told me anything, but I expect that it'll be like Miles Turner last yeah. year. It'll get down to the last day, and it'll get done. They're not going to let... Sabonis walk now he might say hey I want to I'm a starter now I want to play this season out and see what kind of offer I can get from another team the Pacers will have the right of first refusal so even if they don't sign him in October they could you know sign him at the at after the season ends but I would guess that he'll get a contract much like Miles Turner got last year that gives you four guys with contracts over 20 million a year Which down the road could be an issue like Milwaukee had last last summer. There might be a guy like T.J. Warren that you really want to keep, and you just can't afford to do it anymore because you've got so many guys with huge contracts. So that's a problem you worry about later, just like your depth, I guess. But uh, it's going to be interesting. But there's no way they just let Sabonis walk away. They'll either sign him in October or match an offer in July sometime.
0: Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you, Kent. That's Mark Monteith. Let's talk to Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy, from the inside, did it feel as comfortable for you as a member of this team as it looked as we watched from India?
1: Wait, can you ask that again?
0: Yeah, that was a little complicated, wasn't it? Jeremy, you guys looked really comfortable together playing in India. Did it feel like that from the inside?
1: Yeah, I I definitely think we were comfortable. I think uh, definitely we got some kinks to work out. We got some things to work on, but... um, yeah I think we're we're gelling um, relatively fast. We're learning each other. Um, I'm learning their spots. they're learning my spots, and that's all we can do. It seems like it was completely
0: selfless basketball that everybody's trying to hit the open guy if somebody had a lane to lay into the bucket, including yourself, you took it some nice finishes with your left hand really, really nice is Is that level of cooperation is that unusual in the NBA?
1: At times, oh yeah. I mean, you be on team sometimes. Everybody, you know, nobody makes the extra pass. But sometimes you be on team, people make the extra pass. Sometimes people pass too much. You never know what you're gonna get. Um, but yeah, this this year, I think everybody's unselfish. Everybody makes the extra pass. And um, but at the same time, everybody is aggressive and taking their shots, getting their spots, and um, that's that's the that's a great way to play. You had a baby. Tell me about that. I had a baby uh, a little over three months ago. What's today? Wednesday? Yeah, tonight. Yeah, so she's 14, 14 weeks now, I think. Um, she's doing good. She's healthy. She's beautiful. And um, I'm excited. And your, your family's here in Indy? Or are you,
0: are yeah, they? Me, my girl, and uh, my baby. Are here. Yeah. How, how's the, how are you assimilating to Indianapolis? How does it feel? it feel like home yet?
1: Yeah, I feel like home, fans is great, people are great, team is great, everything's great, uh, got my family with me, and uh, we're adjusting perfectly.
0: Nice, have fun Friday night, appreciate it. That's sports, nothing but sports for Wednesday, October 9th. Join me tomorrow morning at about 8 o'clock on Facebook Live for Breakfast with Kent, and then again, right there at 8.15 on Periscope Live, Breakfast with Kent, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Join me tomorrow morning, won't you?